Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. This week, we are going to be taking a look at a game that is the hotness of hotnesses, and that is Earth. Yeah. And then in the discussion topic, we're actually going to be taking a look at the Spiel des Jahres, and we're going to kind of do a top five spiel winners for us, and we're going to kind of dive into it. So this is actually a really good episode for newer players because we're going to kind of I'm going to kind of chat a little bit about what the spiel is and and everything along those lines and like I said Natasha and I are going to give our top five spiel winners yeah all these games would be great if you're new into the hobby if you're a little overwhelmed by it this is a great place to start usually that is is a good indicator if it's won the award that'll probably be a good you know welcoming game for newer players Uh, but we're going to get into that in the discussion topic and before we actually take a look at Earth, we recently had celebrated Easter. Um, Natasha, did you do anything fun or interesting for Easter? Yeah, uh, I went to my family's house and uh, my son, we had picked up telestrations at Goodwill. Or not Goodwill, one of the thrift stores for like $2. It was brand new. It was a great deal. So he wanted to bring it to the family and, and we we try to play games with them and it's just, it's it's doesn't go over well so we thought telestrations would be a great game we can play and it was so fun the whole family had a ton of fun playing it because it plays so good with such a large group have you ever played telestrations yeah for sure yeah it's pictionary mix mixed with telestrations except for there's really no guessing and there's really no points in winning it's, you just play a game of telephone but instead you get you draw pictures and then guess the word and then the next person looks at the word and draws the picture and it just kind of goes around in a circle. And then at the end, the whole point, the whole fun of the game is like revealing everyone's little booklet and showing like, this was my word. This is my picture. And then what do they think it was? And their, their word and then their picture. And it's, it's just really, really fun. Uh, which side of the family? Was it your side or your husband's side? My in-laws. Your in-laws. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't, they're typically not big gamers. At all, like none. And they enjoyed this, though. They enjoyed it all. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Telestrations is one of those games that, like, it's it's mass market, but it's actually really good. It's still mm-hmm. so much fun to play because, like, I'm a poor drawer. I cannot, like, I'm just not artistically inclined when it comes to drawing. Yeah. So I always, I completely mess it up whenever I play. Yeah, me too. And and so is my son. Like he's a really sloppy drawer, and and so it's just you, you know like there's there's a there's a there's a skill with drawing, right? Like obviously, like I'm not good at that at all. But there is a skill with like getting people to guess your pictures. Like you know what I mean? Like that kids don't quite grasp yet. Yeah, if you ever played Pictionary, you know how to get people to draw because you you add some context around the picture and then you like point to the object that you're trying to get them to guess. And instead of like, you know, you draw a person, you have no idea what it is, right? But if you give them a little bit of background and some common symbology, you know, y- you can get good at it, even if you're a terrible drawer. But man, my yes. kids, not, 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 they don't get that at all. I love how you're like, oh, you can just like, you know, you can point at the word. I don't think any time I've ever played Pictionary, I don't know if anyone's ever just like pointed to the word. They're always taking the marker and like stabbing the thing that you're trying to like get, have them guess. You know, there's there's never been a gentle like, oh, it's this word, a little tap. No, it's always been like somebody it's just this object, st- yeah. Yeah, stabbing well, the you, thing with their marker this, like, it's this. If you haven't played Telestrations, you're all looking at the you're all drawing at the same time. So you're not looking at somebody else's drawing and guessing in real time. You're drawing the picture and then passing it to the next person. They're guessing what you drew. So you have to write draw an arrow. Like if you if your item is shoe, like if you just draw a shoe on its own, they might not get it if you're a terrible drawer. But if you draw a person with a cartoony shoe on their foot and then point to their shit, you know, point to it, then they'll get it. It's really obvious. You would think, but it's never the case. I don't know. This is one of those games that, again, I keep thinking about it and how just how much fun you end up having mm-hmm. when you start revealing what it is. Like you'll you'll have mm-hmm. some of the weirdest thing. Like you'll have car, and you'll end up with something like baseball bat, and you're like, how the heck did people make this transition into this thing? And then you just you just kind of see the progression, and you start. I mean, and it's all in good fun, right? Everyone starts joking around about like, oh, you're such a bad drawer. Yeah, I kind of am, but uh-huh. whatever, you know? 
There's a after dark version that I played one time at a, friend's, at a friend's house. And I don't I don't recommend it because if you want um, an adult themed game of telestrations, that's no problem. You can go in that direction on your own. You don't need the after dark version. And in fact, the after dark version has some very specific scenarios that are harder to draw instead of like generic common objects. You know, it's got some really um, very specific things that are difficult to draw. So I don't recommend the after dark version, even if you like that humor, like the regular version, you can just, you can take it wherever you want it to go. This is just fine. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think you need an after dark version to make, to make it an after dark version, make an adult version. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah, there's yeah. a lot of blanks in there too, where then you can just make up your own gas, you know, make up your own thing and you can do whatever you want with it. Well, it's like, um, it's like we were playing Letter Jam and we were joking around about how like Letter Jam is like not suitable for work edition or whatever, just kind of joking around. And then everyone picked a word that was like really a, like, you know, a dirty word. Yeah, a yeah. dirty word. Yeah. And it was funny. <laughs> you like, can make like, any game a dirty game with the right mindset. <laughs> it's not about the game. It's about the mindset. <laughs> <laughs> You just gotta change your attitude. It, just, it, it starts with you. <laughs> be, be the change. Be the change in the games to make them not suitable for work. Oh my god. Well, I don't. I actually don't like a lot of the after dark versions of games because they're very narrow and specific. Like they're only dirty yes. things. Where yes. like the regular versions, like they're just like they're just easier, you know. Well, it's like uh, it 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 goes back to that whole like cards against humanity kind of deal where the reason why it was so popular and still is is because it was some awful things that came up and we you didn't see a game that produced such a wide variety of just terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was just, you know, everyone at heart will joke around about some random stuff like that. So like when they came up with that, it just they struck gold. Granted, it's it it falls in that same trope as like everything else. So like once you've played it, you've played it, and the mm-hmm. jokes stop being funny. Like they're funny for a little bit, but blah 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 blah. Right. We play the regular version. They just don't get stale because you, you know, then it's like up to you to make it dirty, and that's more clever and more well, exactly like illustrations. Right. You can play it with a family. You can do family friendly with all your in laws, and then you can have all your friends over and play the dirty version. Right. Like <laughs> the yeah. I mean, pretty much that's most most game nights with friends anyways, right? A lot of them. I mean. I mean, like, you know, people. There are times, there are times where, yeah, there's times where it will definitely deescalate where or it'll it'll definitely start turning that way, especially if if let's say you're at a bar and you're all just casually having a couple of drinks. And then next thing you know, it's just <laughs> then the 10 year old boy and you starts like laughing about words. I like how our conversation went from Easter to dirty jokes. <laughs> That's yeah. And this is so this may not actually be a good intro welcoming episode for people. <laughs> Scratch everything I said. Like we will get into some high, high quality content. Well, you know what? Why don't we talk about Earth? How about we do that? Let's sure. Let's just Let's segue into our review. Let's do that. All right. Earth. It's designed by Maxine Tardif. It, there's a whole uh, slew of artists. There. The art is just absolutely beautiful in this game. Um, it's published by Inside Up Games. Earth is a tableau engine building card game. You could even call it a tile placement game because the placement of the cards matter. Everyone is going to be building their own island of flora and terrain cards in a 4x4 grid. You start off the game by selecting your own island, climate, and ecosystem cards. This will determine your starting resources, give you a special ability, and give you your own unique scoring ability. On your turn, you're going to choose one of four actions, reaping those benefits, while all others receive a similar but not as good benefit. Then everyone triggers their special abilities of their cards on their island that correspond to the action you selected. Throughout the game, players are racing to compete, complete the four unique fauna objectives for that game, the first one getting the most points. Once someone completes a 4x4 grid, endgame is triggered and players finish up the round and score points. You're going to earn points for each of the cards in your island. Some cards are worth more than others. You'll earn points for each of the cards in your compost pile. Points for each sprouts and growth on your floral cards. 
Many terrain cards will give you points for other cards played on your island. You'll earn points for each of your fauna objectives you completed. You'll also earn points for the two shared and one personal ecosystem cards in the game. So what makes this game so fun and why I think it's so popular and will continue to grow in popularity is that it's a game where you just get a lot of things and every turn you get more and more. And each card you get to that you get to activate gets you even more. There is nothing at all punishing about this game. It's all good and it's all just more and more and more. But you have to be careful because you you can pay sprouts for dirt and you can pay dirt for growth and you can pay growth for compost. You can pay compost for sprouts and all of a sudden you've just done this full circle and you didn't actually net any new points. So you want to find a way to take something that isn't worth points and turn it into something that is worth points or turn one point into two points and finding that combo, but also working on scoring those fauna, fauna and ecosystem cards is really the heart and soul of this game. This is one of those games that really allows you to build your own engine and just kind of figure out what it is you want to do. So I agree 100%. The, the fun in this game is being able to trigger a bunch of stuff. Like the the one game I played, I so I was composting a lot, but then I could take the compost and turn that compost into dirt, and then that dirt would turn into this, and then I would be able to play additional cards. And it, it was u- utilizing all the things in front of me. So when I would trigger it and I would set up my tableau in such a way that I would just go down the line and I would use I would add some to add some compost, turn it into dirt, use that dirt for something else, you know, for growth and then just blah, 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 blah. And just chaining all these things together. It was mm-hmm. very, very satisfying because, like you said, you just keep getting stuff and you keep getting to do big things. Even when somebody else takes their turn, you still get to do stuff. You still get to take the action. Not as lucrative. Right. Mm-hmm. You get to take it's a little bit less. OK, no big deal. And then you get to trigger all your stuff. And I think that's where the action thing on other people's turns nice is because not only do you get a little benefit, some of the times you just don't care because you trigger all these things in your tableau. So as you're going, as you're going, it has this, this incredibly nice build, you know, and we talked about in Revive that it just kind of escalated too far through the end game. It just Mm -hmm. went a little too fast. This doesn't. It just feels yeah. so satisfying to do all these things. And by the time you're like finishing it, you just kind of sit down and go, oh, man, look at all these things I've done. Yeah. It's just this like dopamine hit, like hit, 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 hit. I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. It's just like you just get, 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 get. It's so fun. And and, and it, it does start off a little slow. But then by the end, or like halfway through, like it doesn't matter what actions people select because you're going to get hardly anything for it. You're really you're what you're going to get is all from these abilities that you're going to trigger on your own tableau. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. You're just, that's the thing is, yeah, you get some dirt because you trigger this one action, but at the end of the day, you don't really care because you can trigger four cards, which yeah. is really what you wanted to do. Right. Exactly. And I, one of my big problems with a lot of these um, engine building card games is that it's, you have this giant deck of cards and you have to combo them together to get a good engine going. In this game, there's a huge deck of cards. It's it's twice as big as Wingspan. You know, it's massive. But, it's massive. Yeah. But you're constantly drawing cards. Like you're cycling through that entire deck almost between the four of you. Like you're just pulling tons and tons of cards. So if you want to get a good engine going, you know, and if you're looking for a specific card, there is a luck of the draw where you have to, you know, there are some times where you're looking for a card. There's only 20% of the cards have that ability that you want. You know, so there's a little bit of that luck, but you can really draw a ton of cards in this game. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it feels really limiting in like Terraforming Mars because you really need these specific cards and they cost a lot of money and you're only drafting a few. So they're just hard to get those cards. This one's like you just get so many cards by the end of the game. You have like a whole like 20, 30 cards sometimes, depending on what you're going for. I did not. I ended the game with like two cards, but I my the engine I created was composting cards from my hand and then turning those cards into things. Mm-hmm. So the compost cards into dirt, into you know sprouts, and then I could turn the sprouts into like plant growth, and I so I could do all these different things with my compost cards. So mm-hmm. in the the game, you know, one of the games you and I played, you know, my compost pile only had like maybe ten or twelve cards, where uh, another player had like almost 40 cards in his compost pile yeah that is a lot of cards and you you read a card and it's like at the end of the game score so many points if you have 30 cards in your hand 
And I can see based on the actions that you do, you can 100% go through that deck and just churn through it, churn through it, churn through it, Mm -hmm. which is great. Because like you said, you're not necessarily, yes, like the percentages matter. And yes, you could end up not getting the things you need, but the likelihood is so much less because you're how many cards you're going through. And this game does the thing that Wingspan does, that it tells you how what percentage of the cards are, you know, the thing like what the you know, I was looking for mushrooms and it was like 19% of the cards are mushroom cards. Perfect. Yeah. Now I now I know, you know, every mm-hmm. five cards I draw, one of them should be a mushroom card. Yeah. And you have so many different objectives. So there's the four uh fauna objectives and then there's the three ecosystem objectives plus then you get terrain cards that you end up putting in your tableau that will score you based on certain cards too so even if you're not getting a certain card that you're looking for specifically you can you gotta shift strategies and just focus on getting the things that you are getting making good use of what you do get and there because there's so many different ways to get points in this game you're not going to get points all the way so so really if you're not getting certain cards you need to just adjust and and get points off of other cards there's so many ways to get points there's a lot of ways and the nice thing too is you're scoring such a high score you're in like the 200s mm-hmm. right so it feels satisfying instead of a game that's like oh you know they won 11 to 9 right, you know, right. no it's like you know so and so won 246 to 238 to like so it's you know those big scores it just feels good that you've scored so many points it means it's you've fun. done if yeah it feels like you've done a lot it's very satisfying in that way and i like um i like the grid that of cards that you make you know it's often compared to terraforming mars because of the terraforming mars Ares expedition especially with the action selection you know i get to do a thing you get a little lesser thing um but i like the card play in this the cards in your tableau because you position them in the grid and that grid matters it matters for some ecosystem cards and then it matters for the terrain cards you know some of them want cards adjacent or in the same row in the same column diagonal they want to make a path there's like a million different ways that they can score and the cards are really really nice they have a lot of really good useful iconography like if it matters you know orthogonally or diagonally they'll have little arrows on the card that tells you it also like some of the cards want want you to collect uh, flora that has like geographic names in it. Well, they bold at all the geographic names, and then there's ones that have like animal names in the flowers. So then they underlined that, and then they italicize another style. So like it's really easy to to see the iconography is really good in this game, which you need it because there's a lot of it. They did a really good job with this game, putting it all together in in such a way. I. So two things I want to talk about, uh, specifically the components, and I want to talk about the uh, artwork in the game. First thing with the components, um, we played your copy, and the player board started warping already, which is a little disappointing. I mean, you it's a brand new game, and you can already tell that the boards are warping slightly, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But, I think it came a little warped, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. And then I want to talk about the artwork because it it does a lot of realistic art. The cover on Earth looks awesome, but also out of place for me, which is weird. Like, I really like the cover, but I also don't like it, if that makes sense. It probably doesn't. But it... it, uh... (laughs) Nope, just... No, it does not make sense, Bob. (sighs) It seems out of place for a board game, maybe. Um, the artwork in the game is very, very realistic. You know, it has um, the realistic cards from like Terraforming Mars. It's not like graphic art, like let's say Wingspan is. Mm-hmm. It's more like Arc Nova. Yes, uh, that's a uh, good call. That's what I was, I meant to think of, but I couldn't. Don't compare it to, Ar- to Terraforming Mars. That has terrible artwork. Well, Ares Expeditions is more co- cohesive. This is a very cohesive package with the art and uh, the overall aesthetic is good. There's actually one other thing I want to bring up. This game is going to get, I feel like this game is going to get compared quite a bit to Wingspan. Yes. I instantly compared it to Wingspan. It it has very similar feels. It very much has similar feels. You have rows of cards. You're activating those rows of cards. You only have a several actions that you're picking, and then you get to do those things. Um, I'm going to say it right now. This game is what I wish Wingspan would have given me throughout the course of the entire game. Wingspan, yeah. as you know, 
I enjoyed that game quite a bit, but I always felt the last few rounds, I was just doing the sa- same action over and over again. So it was like you you reach this like apex and you just did that one thing over and over and over again. Lay eggs, lay eggs, lay eggs, lay eggs, just because you could lay so many eggs. So the very end just kind of felt underwhelming. This did not feel that way when it was like, all right, we're almost done. It's like, okay, what? What action do I take? What cards do I trigger? Do I need soil or do I need dirt? Do I need these things? Like, what can I do to maximize the amount of points I'm going to get? Maybe I don't want to spend those sprouts because I have a scoring card that says if I have at least four sprouts on a card, I'm going to score four points for that card. So this game, this game has gave me what I was really wanting in Wingspan. This game, this game gives it to me. Yes, I completely agree with you, although for different reasons, I think this is a better game. Uh, I think it's a little bit more easier to play, like it's a little bit more easier to teach. It's it's a just a more um, intuitive and easy to understand the rules. You know, it's a little the, I, there's a lot more iconography that can that can be a little bit of a learning curve. Um, it's also a lot more less tight so especially in the beginning of wingspan like resources are tight like you want to play a card but you also want to do this like you have so many things that you want to do and just not enough time to do it earth is like i have so many things to do i'm gonna do it all you know yeah agreed yeah 100 percent. it uh yeah it just it just comes together in such a nice way mm-hmm. and i've been thinking about this review um for a couple of days now specifically that's the biggest thing is wing it it's going to kill wingspan for me oh and another thing i like about wingspan that so much better is wingspan can get really long especially if you play with five players because you're just they're doing their turn they're doing their turn you're doing your turn they're doing their turn you know what i mean this is like you're yeah. doing something on everyone's turn you kind of have to slow the game down it just breezes by so fast and you're like hold on hold on i'm not done you know everyone's like just moving there are moments where you are kind of waiting for people, but the fact that you're doing stuff on everyone's turn just makes the game go. You could two hours in wingspan and two hours in earth don't feel like the same two hours. Yeah. Two you know? hours in earth. If you're the fastest player at the table, you're playing at least an hour and a half a game. Wingspan, two hours of wingspan. You're the fastest one on the table. You could be only playing like 20 minutes a game time. I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. And yes, I think this game at the end of the day is going to kill wingspan for me not that i was really high up on wingspan i thought the game was good you know i've i've beaten to death my my critique of it especially towards the end um the one thing that kind of sucks is i don't think earth is going to do as well as wingspan just because of like distribution and different things like that like Mm -hmm. i just don't i just don't see it doing better even though i like the game quite a bit more yeah, it you know it depends on is it going to be at Target, you know that unlikely. Really... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I get what you're saying about I guess about the the um the box. I like the artwork quite a bit, but I wouldn't necessarily pick it up and go. This looks like a fun game, you know. It looks like a pretty game, but like you don't really know what you're getting. You know what it looks like? It looks like a piece of artwork that you would get at like Hobby Lobby or Michaels, and that you would hang up in like a doctor's office. In a doctor's office, yes. That's what it looks like. I mean, it's beautiful artwork. That cover is very beautiful, but it doesn't scream board game to me. I think that's my problem. Is it's not like, oh, this board game is going to be super fun. For what it just doesn't, it just doesn't click that way. Yeah. But I mean, the the artwork. The nice thing about the artwork is it's all consistent. It all looks good. It's not anything that to for me. It's not overly awesome. It's not amazing quality. The board game is not amazing quality, but it's not terrible. No, and I think the version, don't you have a Kickstarter version that you yep. bought from our local game store? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, um, man, I really wish this could have better distribution because I think this game could do so much better. I think so many people are going to love this game, especially if you like engine building games. Listen, if you, lo- if you love Wingspan, you will love this. Yeah. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know? And everybody can play it. Like, you'll be able to teach a lot of people to play this game and they'll have fun playing it. They won't sit there and feel like they're not getting it or they're not doing well. Like, even if you're like the worst at the table, like, you still feel like you're accomplishing things. So, it still has a fun, fun experience. The iconography is good. There is a, a key to the iconography on your player board. So, it kind of gives you an idea of what everything does. 
Mm-hmm. Once you once you handle the handful of things that you have to do, you're I mean you you're pretty much golden. There's only a couple of things that you have to be like, wait, like is this is this my growth or is this my points for the growth? Oh, this is the growth. This is the points. Okay, now I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I'm gonna if I'm composting, where does it come from? It shows your hand. It shows a deck, or it shows like leaving the compost pile. Well, all of it makes sense and it comes together very very well. The only thing this game lacks for me is there's no tension in the game. You know, like it, I don't sit there on somebody else's turn and go, oh, oh, please pick blue, please pick blue. Like, I'm like, I'm good with whatever they choose. You know what I mean? So there's just not a lot of tension in this game. Like, there's no tension at all. But so, yep. so that's a good thing or bad thing, depending on what you like. Um, I enjoy this game. I have a lot of fun with it. I like the puzzliness of it. So I do, it's not like it's uh, it's going to make me dislike the game. You know, I, I do like games that are relaxing. But this is a lot more relaxing game than, than I typically like. Yeah, there's not a ton of player interaction. I will say it got to a point where I, I started noticing patterns that you guys were taking specific actions. Mm-hmm. So I started catering my tableau to benefit off the actions you guys were playing because I, I can't remember who was it specifically but basically they were always drawing cards so i'm like okay i need to get i need to get these specific cards that are going to trigger on this action because this person's triggering this action a lot and because they're triggering that action i need to get some additional benefit from it mm-hmm. so you can develop these like patterns and specifically waiting for people to do stuff but yes there's there's very few player interaction there's no there's no uh, market of cards that you're competing for. You're just drawing cards from the deck. That was one of those things in Wingspan. Like you had a market, but it was only three cards. Yeah, I didn't like you that know? at all. Like it just, it was there if you needed it. But for the most part, you were just digging into that deck trying to find. Unless one of those cards was specific, a specific thing you wanted. Very rarely did you grab them. You mm-hmm. would just churn through that deck as quickly as you possibly could. Yeah. So uh yeah why don't we why don't we talk about our ratings let's talk about ratings what are you what are you gonna give this game i'm giving it a nine i really enjoyed it i had a lot of fun i was able to play with my son there is a beginner's version too we play without the ecosystem cards and then the the fauna cards that you're competing for you just everyone gets 10 points as long as they complete it there's no first person to complete it scoring so there's a nice variant where you can play with younger players or new players but um, but overall, I like I like playing the more advanced variant where you get the more cards to choose from at the beginning of the game. That's something we didn't really touch on. Like each game, you're going to start off with a few different set of cards. It's really going to change a lot of the game for you. Um, so overall, I really like it. I found that each game I've played it quite a few times now, and every game I've played, it's been very different. Sometimes it's we play a lot of green and orange action sometimes we end up doing a lot of growth and a lot of sprout actions and then like there's just different things that you kind of each game i play it it just feels very different which i like yeah i i'm coming in at nine and a half wow i really i really enjoyed this game i did not expect to enjoy it as much as i did when seeing games like this i'm normally like i'm picking up a copy in this game for whatever reason i was like you know what i'm gonna wait I know, Natasha, you were super excited about it. You really wanted this game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let Natasha buy it. You know, I'll play her copy. And if it's something I think I can play with, you know, my wife, Ashley, or my family, I'll pick it up. We played the one game of it. And I was like, instant, like, yes, I I need a copy of this. Because mm-hmm. it get it, like I said, the biggest thing is it gives me what I was searching for or wanting out of Wingspan. It gives me that thing, that that overall package where wingspan lacks at the very end, this just continues to give throughout the entire course of the game. I've I've gone back and forth on giving this game a 10. The reason why it's not getting a 10 from me is because of the tension piece. There's not a lot of tension amongst everyone else. There's no competition specifically. The only real competition you have is being the first person to acquire those objectives. But even if you're not the first person, you can score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. You know, the game I played with you, I won, and I only think I got a couple of those objectives. There were four, and I only got a couple. Yep. You know, I focused a lot on building out my board and scoring within my board and not necessarily worrying about those. I got, like, one that was first place, which was, like, 15 points, and then I think I might have gotten another one at, like, third. So mm-hmm. I didn't get a ton of points off of that, but I got a ton of – I got a lot of point, a lot like, a smaller amount of points in a lot of areas is what I ended up doing. So. 
you don't have to focus on that. And that does, that's the biggest piece of tension is competing for those pieces and just hoping people trigger the things you want to do. And by the, towards the end of the game, whatever they trigger, you're going to be doing stuff Yeah, because you've built up your tableau. And I love the fact that it's like, there's a little bit of that spatial aspect of you go down the rows and it, the cards matter where you put them. You know, I, I had one card that's like, had arrows pointing in all the directions saying, you know, when you take this, you know, growth action, you can grow extra on all these spots. So I, you know, set that sucker right in the middle and just built all this, you know, flora around it mm-hmm. so I could grow. There's a lot. There's a lot of good things in this game. It is it is not punishing at all. Like there no. is, you know, you're gonna be able to accomplish a lot. If you if you like punishing games, if you like games with a lot of tension, like games that stress you out you know you might you might think this one's a little boring i can see that but overall like i think it's a very very good welcoming game you'll be able to play with a lot of family and friends a lot of people like this this is a good meaty chunky game that a lot of people can get into yeah agreed and that's earth and i'm recommending it for um you know just about anybody who likes uh looking for casual games it's a light game um you know if you like the nature theme like i think it's beautiful there's just a lot. If you like engine building, tableau building, cards, anything like that, I think this will go over really well with a lot of people. That's Earth. All right. That's going to wrap up our review this week. We are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to be talking about the Spiel de Yares. All right, welcome back. We are now going to be doing our discussion topic, which is going to be Spiel des Jahres. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm, I'm going to give you kind of like, what is it? What is the Spiel Award? And it's basically game of the year, German game of the year. Originally, it was designed for, it's designed specifically for family-friendly game design. Mm-hmm. It was created in 1978, and it was uh, specifically only for only had the one award, which was, you know, German game of the year. And it, for the most part, if you take a look at it, it's going to, going to be family friendly, very much Euro style kind of games, not necessarily very Amerithrash games. And probably the biggest name that came out of the Spiel winners would be the Settlers of Catan. So Mm -hmm. 1995, Settlers of Catan won the Spiel and the gaming industry started booming after that. So the this has been a very big award over the last 30 years. This has been a, a huge award that's been given out and they still give it out to the day. They've, they've actually broken it up. So now there's three different categories that they do for this. One is the spiel, which is, you know, at this point, I want to say it's like welcoming game of the year would be a, yeah. you know, Almost. It only makes it sound like young kids. It'd be like an older family style. Like you could play it with your grandma or your older kids. Yeah, it's a family weight game of the year. Then there's the Kenner Spiel, which is uh, they refer to it as the Connoisseurs Game of the Year. So this is going to be the games that have a little bit more meat, a little bit, you know, uh, we often talk about, you know, medium weight, Euros, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting because probably. 15 years ago, the Spiel winners have kind of, the game that would win the Spiel, like Settlers of Catan, El Grande, uh, Takal, Carcassonne, those would probably get pushed into the Kenner Spiel Award, I would say. Mm-hmm. Then they they also have uh, like Children's Game of the Year, which is the Kinder Spiel. So this is going to, again, it's going to be, you know, designed specifically for kids. Um I'm going to take a moment and say, Kelly, if you're listening, hopefully I pronounced those correctly. If not, I'm sure you'll let me know. <laughs> Anywho, so that's what the spiel is. It's a it's the biggest board game award in in the industry. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that put out awards. You know, Board Game Geek puts out the Geek Awards. Uh, Dice Tower does their awards and everything. Along. Everyone does some sort of awards, but usually the biggest is the spiel. And winning the spiel is a very big deal. Like you could go from, you could sell, I think at one point they were saying you can sell an extra like 500,000 copies of a game because of yeah. just winning that award. So it's yeah, a, it's a lot a, of families in Germany. They, they don't know, they don't play a lot of board games, but they always buy the, the Spiel des Jahres winner. 
You know, that's like yep. the game collection that they have. It's an excellent metric for people getting into the hobby. If you, if somebody was just like, hey, what's a list of games I should look at and see if I'm interested in? I would say check out the Spiel ones mm-hmm. because those games are going to be very, they're going to be good family weight welcoming games that are going to get people interested in the hobby. Yeah. I like all of the games on the list. I'm I'm was, really big into like popular games. So <laughs> Yeah. I like so them it, all. They're like my style games. Like I like I really like these family friendly. Like they're easy to play, they're fun, you know, they're quick. They're they're just these are a lot of my favorite games. What's funny is like some of these games will win like a game will win and you'll be like, who, who, like, who is even this game? And then I'll come to the States. You know, mm-hmm. like there's going to be games that win in 2020 and we won't get to see the game until 2022 or whatever, that sort of thing. So we thought it would be fun just to kind of get on here and do our top five spiel winners. And yeah, just kind of give you our assessment of it. I think a lot of these games you'll probably have heard us talk about in the past, but mm-hmm. I know I already know what Natasha's number one is. But yep. that's besides the point. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Natasha, what is your number five? All right, my number five is Azul. I love Azul. It is a tile lane. No, not really a tile lane game. It's a, you're built, it's a, it's a drafting it's game. It's a drafting game where you are, lit, the theme is tiles, like, like, like wall tile, mosaic tiles, and you're creating patterns that score you points. Um, it's really beautiful. It's really fun. I play it a ton with my son. Uh, it plays great two to four players, any number. It, it's just got this nice little puzzliness to it. It's easy. It's got a little funky scoring, but once you, once you learn it the first round, you're good to go. Um, I think it's just a lot of fun. Azul's one of those games that has seen so many iterations. So it's Azul, there's Stained Glass of Sintra, Summer Pavilion, there's a, another one. Queen's Garden. Queen's Garden. They just there's made a, a chocolate, chocolate ver- one. <laughs> they there's made a, a chocolate mini ver- one coming out, like a travel edition. That's how popular this game is. If you've heard of Azula, like you are very obviously very new into board gaming. It is very popular um, for a reason. I just, it's just a really great abstract game. And you know, out of all the versions, I still like the original the best. Yeah, it's the one I play the most. And it because I think it doesn't add any extra complexity by still, but still keeping the game true to its drafting nature, where some of the other ones are cool, but. There's always this little extra shtick to them that just kind of, I don't know, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Those other ones, I just like straight up OG Azul. So, and they do have a chocolate version now, which, because the, the original looked like they almost had like, almost looked like Starbursts when you first got them. They're chunky. They just feel, yeah. Feels yeah. Cool. They're just nice components. The boards are beautiful. It doesn't take up a lot of table space. It's It's just easy to get out, easy to play. Very satisfying. That is my number five, Azul. All right. My number five is going to be a party game, and that is Just One. We have talked quite a bit about this game. This is a party game in which one person is going to have a word that they're trying to guess. Everyone else is going to have like a little easel, and they're going to write a single word on there to help that person guess what their word is. The twist of the game is if two of the people write the exact same word, that word gets eliminated. So now instead of having four words, you could end up with two words. In some cases, everyone matches and you only have like one word or you might have zero words. So then you're just trying to guess. It is a cooperative style game. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. We talked up in the beginning epi- part of this episode about telestrations and just how much fun it is. Mm-hmm. I know there's a scoring system in just one. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. We just play until we're kind of just done. Yeah. It plays a it plays such a large group and it's so fun. I've had really good luck playing it with people who are like, "Yeah, I want to play a game, but they just don't like anything complicated." Like everybody loves a good word game. This is a game where like you don't really need to know a lot either. Like there's no trivia involved. It's just you know it's all basic words and it's just really really fun and it's so satisfying when you finally guess the word. The other nice thing about this game is during the pandemic. I played it a lot via Zoom. Oh. So you could play it you could play it online with people. You yeah, know, you just, wouldn't even actually need the game. You could just play it. 
Well, as long as one person has a as a game has the game or like some sort of car, some I remember I forget how we did it specifically, but like one person would have a card, you know, and they just you know everyone needs to know it, but the person guessing, you know. So yeah. realistically, that person usually what happens in in live plays, you take it and you kind of put it on your forehead and say because there's five words on a card, you'll say word four, and then people do it. But and you don't need the easels; you can just write it on a sheet of paper. So that's what we did is you know, playing it online, but which yeah. it, it worked just as well. So yeah, my number five, just one. That's a great game. I love it too. All right. My number four, a game I is probably my most popular, mostly played game. Well, I don't know. That's tough. Um, is Ticket to Ride. Uh, I play it a lot with my son. Talk about different variations. I can't even tell you how many expansions there are to this game and how many unique variations there are. And uh, I love the kids version. I played that a lot with my son. And then we got to the the um, USA version. And then we played the Europe version. And then we got some of the expansions. And they're just, every single one of them is fun. It's just, it's a really simple game. A nice, with a lot of strategy and a lot of tension. This game is like pure tension, and that's what I love about it. Because you got to build those routes before people cut you off. It can be a mean game. The U.S. map can be mean, and you can get mad at people for taking your route that you've been trying so desperately mm-hmm. to take. Ah, so good. Yeah, because you really want to save up your cards, and like so you can like lay all your tracks out at once, so nobody can knows where you're going and blocks you. But like you need to take those routes that people are starting to encroach on like you need to get them first so like sometimes you just have to lay tracks down so you can get started and it's just i just love the tension in that game it's like i think it's like the most simplest game with the most amount of tension and it's always fun with kids when they block parents you know like it's we've talked about how sometimes the take that is fun in families because like the kids are like ha 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 i stopped dad from doing something yeah it allows you to balance the game too you don't block them they block you and so it, it gives them a ch- good chance of winning. Well, in the, in, a, in the U.S. map, if you're playing less than four players, um, the double routes are, are you can only t- claim one of the double routes. And there's a double route between Seattle and Portland. And I'll tell you what, I don't know how many times per, a person laying one single car, because it's one car, mm-hmm. train car, and the just that one car gets laid there and how pissed off people get about that move. Portland yeah. to Seattle, for whatever reason, is just if this you main want, trip. you gotta take it the first turn because it's a oh, great man. You can play any card, play any card, and take it. You gotta take it. But people get upset when you t- when you t- that has led to more frustration in the games I've played. Is that one single route, Portland to Seattle? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's such a good game. I love it. Yeah, that's my number four ticket to ride. All right, my number four is Alhambra. Uh, I talked about this. This is going to be a kind of tile laying game where on your turn, you can do one of three things. You can take some money, you can buy a tile, or you can rearrange your Alhambra. And then based on the type of tiles you have, you're going to score points when certain scoring cards come out of the money pile. Uh, There's going to be different buildings worth a different variety of points. There's going to be basic buildings that will score you less, but then, you know, not as you don't have as much competition because people are trying to get the bigger buildings. There's a there's a sweep where if you pay exactly for a tile, you can take another turn. Sometimes you can sweep all the tiles and have a really big, impactful turn. It's just one of those games. It's right up there with Ticket to Ride for me when I've taught new people. Really, People really seem to like it. I just, I constantly find myself enjoying plays of this as, I'm con- as I've been bringing it back out again. You know, it'll sit on the shelf for six, nine months, and then we'll have some people over and we'll play it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember why I like this game as much as I do. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's simple. It's it's satisfying. It's got a lot. It's got some good tension in it, but it's also just got that satisfaction of like having a really good turn, saving it up and having a really good turn is a lot of fun. Um, the other thing is it's really dated looking now. I wish they'd come out with a yeah. new version that was. Prettier. You know why? It's Queen Games. That's the reason why all Queen oh, Games never make lo- it pretty. No, probably not. You can easy get a copy of this game. Uh, used copy if you're looking for a copy like it's they're all over i will say this though be careful buying it on amazon because you might get a counterfeit copy i don't know what a counterfeit copy looks like but i've heard people get burned on getting buying this game and it being counterfeit i don't i mean that just goes to show you the popularity of the game that people are just like i'm gonna make a version that's cheaper 
Yeah. But people like, I think a lot of people played it a lot and are getting rid of their old copies now because it's just a little bit dated now. So if you're interested in it, kind of like Carcassonne, like don't ever buy a new version. Like there's so many used versions out there because oh, like yeah, everybody put- owned it. Man, I really wish they would. this would get the uh, Castles of Burgundy treatment like Awakened Realms is doing with like the new and improved stuff. I think, mm-hmm. man, that would be awesome to get this game to have a new and improved like, I don't know, sell it to Z-Man. Let Z-Man do something with it or, man, I don't know, Stonemaier, Jamie, buy the rights to this game and like deck it out. Yeah. I think, I think a really pimped out version of this would be awesome. But yeah. it's Queen Games and you're not going to see it. They'll put it on Kickstarter and you won't get anything really good from it. So exactly the same. Yeah, just about. You're just yeah, you get it first. Cool. Anyway, my number four, Alhambra. All right. My number three, this game was the game that got me into the hobby. Well, it was the first game I got super into, and that's Dominion. Um, I went out and got all I ended up buying all of them out were out at the time, which I do not recommend at all. I love this game. I played it to death, and then I kind of got I ended up getting too many of them and got a big box and then it's just too heavy and I don't ever get it out anymore. Um, but I did get pick up one of the latest expansions and played it, got it out and played it. And man, I was like, yeah, I just love this game. It's just as fun as I remember it being. Uh, if you're interested in this game, I would recommend picking up the base game, either base games, Intrigue or the original, doesn't matter. And, and then getting like Prosperity and maybe one other expansion. You can get the newest one or, or Seaside. Those are good. Uh, and, and just enjoying it with just a little bit. Like you just get too many. You get too many. It's overwhelming. It's too heavy. It's hard to get out. But man, I just love a pure deck builder. It's 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 boring. Like there's no attacking. There's no hitting. Like you just are earning points or money. And if you have money, you can buy more cards that could be worth points. You simply just get an action and a buy. And if you play an action card, maybe it'll give you another action that lets you draw cards, you know, and play another action cards. And then all of a sudden you're doing all these combos. It's just so fun. And you want to buy these victory points, but their victory points don't do anything in your deck. So if you get start getting them too early, you'll have a clogged down deck. So the timing really is what makes this game interesting. When do you switch from buying cards that let you do cool things? to cards that give you victory points but start clogging up your deck and i think that's the heart and soul of dominion and what makes it so good and it is by far my favorite deck builder still to this day it's your favorite deck builder yep i don't think a game will ever surpass it that's probably not true <laughs> that's it's interesting to think that this is the original deck builder because when people people who are newer to the hobby playing this game i think they're going to feel constricted because the way deck builders have evolved is you spit out your entire hand and do everything in your hand and draw a brand new set of cards. Whereas mm-hmm. this, you only get one action and you only get one buy. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of them are like, if you have four actions on your cards, you get to do all four of those actions. And if you have some buy, maybe you can do a little bit of a buy. So it's almost slightly more restrictive in that in that sense. But that's what makes it so good. So you only get one action card. So if you draw four, five action cards and no money cards, you get to pick one of those. And then hopefully that action card has some money attached to it. Cause if you want to buy a card, you know, but Oh yeah, wait, there's tons of action cards that give you an extra action. So you might play this card that gives you an extra action, an extra coin. Cool. Then you play another card, gives you two extra actions. Cool. Now you can play a card that lets you draw four cards. So you draw four cards and you get one extra action. What are you going to do? And then you can just, all of a sudden you have this huge deck that you've been playing. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, it's you're you're chaining those combos with all the action cards and everything together. Uh, the artwork sucks. Yeah, th- I mean the theme's the theme, there. There's no theme. Mm. I mean, it's I guess there it's is there. a theme, but it's it's bad. I think I that's the problem. Is. is like I can't even tell you what the theme is. You're building. You're being. You're purchasing empire. estates and duchies and villas and mm-hmm. estates again. I don't know. It's it's you're some sort of old school landowner trying to buy land i i don't know but yeah it has a cool it does have a cool timing mechanism to it about when do you just switch to buying up as much real estate as you possibly can it just talk about dated games like this is another one and it keeps coming out with stuff and it keeps looking exactly the same i know know. even the second edition the second edition came out same yeah yeah, it doesn't look any better no (laughs) 
Well done. It don't matter guys. though. It's it's good. And I have I have them all. Not all of them. I haven't been buying the newer ones. Um, and I don't sleeve them. They're all super worn, and I love it. All right, my number three, Natasha has already mentioned, and that is Ticket to Ride. Uh, like she said, I love this game. It's one of those games I haven't sleeved, and Ashley and I were playing it the other day with a friend of ours, and she looked at me. And she's like, "We need to get new cards because they are worn. They are looking oh, yeah. rough." Mm-hmm. And I love it. You know, it just we played it with a friend. He he came by. He doesn't play a lot of games. He you know he played uh he played that with us. Um, Ashley won. I I only scored like fifty points, <gasps> which was yeah yeah. So I had three tickets that that I got like early. They were all like East Coast. Got them done, and then I drew additional tickets, and I got two. 20 pointers that were basically like Seattle to New York, you know, Portland to Miami or something stupid. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, this is early. Like I can do this. Yeah. So I took both of them and yeah, I didn't, I didn't make either one. So I lost, oh all the, I lost all those points. <laughs> so I, I'm surprised I didn't end up with less. Honestly, uh, it was bad. It was, it was, it was a bad showing for me, but still it's, it, like you said, Repeat everything that Natasha said. The tension's good, simplistic, you know, game design, but still good strategy, good decisions, deceptively good at decisions. I think there's a lot of timing to it. So yeah, my uh, my number three ticket to ride. All right, my number two is the latest um, addition to Spillage Jars, and that's Cascadia. I know everyone Whoa. said Scout sh- should win, but is that you thought my number one? I thought that would be your number one. I have no idea what your number one is. Oh, interesting. Uh, It won't be a surprise. Um, But I love Cascadia. I love Scout, too. But uh, I think Cascadia is just it feels more like a board game. I think it's a little bit more uh, more well-rounded where it will hit a lot of people. I think Scout people will people love it or kind of dislike it. You know what I mean? Where Cascadia is like it's so easy to play. Even if you don't understand the rules, like you can just play it. And um, if you don't understand the scoring, you can just play it, whatever, and you can do fine. There's no, like, rules about where you can play things a little bit, but they're easy to figure out. But all the strategy really comes in that you can score based on the terrain that you've played, and you can score on the animals. And if you're smart, you can do both. And that's what's really the fun puzzliness of this game, and I just love it. Yeah, I think the game's fine. It's fine. I know you think this game is fine, but you are so in the minority. Most people love this game. It's just, yeah. it's fun. It's challenging. There's some nice tension in it, but but it's just easy to play. You know, you, you grab a tile, a set of tile cards, a set of animal cards, and you just get so much satisfaction in being able to score both the tile, the terrains, and the animals, and coming up with the best, um, you know, grouping of animals. It's so fun. I, I just love it. It's It's perfect game. It's great. That's my number two, Cascadia. All right, so my number two game, Natasha has already spoken about yet again, and that is Azul. I love Azul. It's a drafting game. I love drafting. There's there's a decent amount of tension of trying to get the things that you want to get while still sticking the other people with stuff they don't want. The scoring's kind of eh, not super intuitive at first, but once the player gets to see how everything scores, I think I think it kind of comes together for them. Oh yeah, first round. You just got to walk through the scoring the first round, and then you're golden. Pretty much. The, the first round of new players is always like, all right, this is how we score. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. And then it's usually just off you go. So it plays good at two. It plays good at three. It plays good at four. They all feel slightly different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, almost exactly everything that Natasha said. I think the components are great. You know, there's 19 spinoffs of it. There's a pocket version coming out. I mean, clearly the game is done well. So, yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. My number two, Azul. All right. My number one is one of my favorite games in my top 10, and that is Codenames. And I love a good word game. And Codenames is a just straight up word game. Password, the board game, I suppose. Thinking about it, I should have thought this was your number one. I'm surprised I didn't. Yeah. 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 I told you you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, fair. This game, you have a grid of words. Uh, 
a five by five grid, so 25 different words, you are responsible as the clue giver to get your team to guess all of their words. And the other, you have another clue giver for the other team to get all of their words. And whoever gets all their words first wins the game. So you, you can only, you can only give one word clues for your words. So you have to give one word clues. And then in order to beat the other person, you have to get them to guess more than one word each time. So you want to try to find words that that kind of connect in some kind of made up abstract way and get a word that relates to both of those words that you're trying to get them to guess. And that's the fun in this game. And especially if you can get three words and that's even more fun. It's just so satisfying. It's satisfying to be the clue giver and give people clues, but it's also torturous when they're like talking through it as a group and and they're totally going down the wrong path. And you're like, ah, that's fun. But it's also fun to like work together as a group to, to walk, talk through all the you know options and try to figure out together what you're doing and you're like you know someone will come up with some kind of obscure like lord of the ring reference and they're like no, no natasha's giving the clues like she's not gonna know that reference like that is not the path she's going down so that's fun and then it's fun even when people are like talking about the words being on the other team because you're like oh it really could be that word you know you kind of taunt them a little bit because you don't know either but you kind of throw out like really random suggestions you know it, it's just it's fun. It plays four and up any number. And I've played it or I've had, we've gone camping for the weekend and we've had it out. We literally had it out like the entire weekend and people would just be playing it and you could just join in the middle of a game. You could leave halfway through. Like it doesn't matter who's on which team. You can just, you just choose a team as you sit there. Like it doesn't matter if you have the same number of people. Like you just, you can just come and go and it's just, this is really, really fun. And I love the two player version just as much you can play just two people with with um the original you need four because you need at least one clue giver it's best at six because it's better when you have two people that can like you know you can talk through the clues and stuff but if you have less than that the two-player version is really good because you can play two teams so you don't it's not just two-player and that can be really good if you want to work as a team to come up with clues if you have people that get kind of intimidated about coming up with clues that'd be a good version i have both and i combine them all into one game and so depending on which one i want to play but all the cards are the same they all mix up together so i i love it it's just such a great game it's probably my number one most played game just because i can play it with so many people and so many different events and this is also that game that has got 19 spinoffs. There's Disney versions, Marvel versions, picture mm-hmm. versions. A Harry Potter there's, version. You know, extra, extra, version. extra large. Yeah, there's there's so many versions. I don't recommend any of those versions. Maybe pictures is okay, but base code names and code names duet is the best because like I've played a few of the variations and they're really, really hard. Like you have a Disney version and it's really, really hard to come up with clues because like they're all related to a princess like all of the words are even the words that you don't want them to guess so like there's they're too they're too much related to each other you really need a bunch of words that aren't related at all to each other because the the fun is coming up with like wordplay you know yeah not like movie references and that doesn't work out where you have certain like if you get disney version you know you're not going to get you don't get to choose the words you get. You have to get, you know, you might get like a Little Mermaid character, but then the other player has a Little Mermaid character. You don't yeah. want them to get that word. Oh, and the, the twist in it too, there's an assassin word. If either team gets the assassin, you, they lose. So there's one word in there that, like it's not harmful to guess the other team's word, except for you're giving it away to them. And it's not harmful to guess the, the innocent bystanders, but if you get the assassin, you're done. Game over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game, I'm I struggle with being the clue giver. I do enjoy like trying to come up with the clues and the whole like trying to like turn the other people, the other team down a different path. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. I love being like, oh, it can be like this one, but you talk just quietly enough where they think you're not talking to them, but loud enough that they can actually hear you and throws them off. I love doing stuff like that. (laughs) Um, Those little mind games or whatever. I think it's fun to go through every single word on the board and be like, oh, it could be that because that relates to that and just make up something really stupid. It's really fun. Yeah, pretty much. thinking. So like even though there's a lot of downtime, it's still just a good time. It's a good party game. That's my number one. Codenames, greatest game, not of all time, but one of the best games of all time. Uh, So my number one 
spiel winner is going to be can you guess did you say take it to ride yet i did it was my number two. Oh, oh yeah yeah no, it was my king number three domino. king domino it is indeed king domino i love me some king domino especially give it me give it two players seven by seven grid mm, something just it's so good it's a so you have you're just you're drafting these dominoes that have different land types you're trying to create you know big chunks of them you get stars that we're going to score you points based on the number of like squares in each thing. I just love this game. It's it just kind of comes together. I really love that you can you at a two player you can make a huge version of it. Uh, I think there's a I think this game is best at two making that seven by seven grid. If you get the the expansion, they give you some additional like scoring conditions, like saying you know having this amount of green tiles or. You know, being in this, you know, the center is a thing or drafting a certain amount. It just gives you a, a ton of different options with that. So, yeah, I really like this game. It just, I've always liked it. It's it's one of those games that everyone seems to like Queen Domino a little bit more, but I just still like the original. Yeah, no, I agree. I think most people still like King Domino. It's definitely a better game. Yeah, that is my number one, King Domino. And that's going to wrap up our top five spiel winners. Those are all great games. Any game that's a spiel. Although I will say like some of the older ones probably aren't really worth your time. But the newer ones definitely for sure are, are really good. You can't go wrong with them. The older ones are just board games have just come along so much that some of the older ones are just dated now. Yeah, the design space is just kind of people have taken game mechanics and just have done some really interesting things with them. Mm-hmm. So some of those old games are nice to kind of go back and play, but. Sometimes they stand the test of time and sometimes they don't. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week.